0: Chapter 59 He jumped up the moment he woke, aware of Eyla staring at him from the chair by the window. "'What are you doing here? How did you get in?' Steve was grumpy, and his questions were fired at her without warmth. This was an intrusion. She had no right to let herself into his room while he slept. They'd been on a few dates, but it already felt like she owned him. "'Morning to you too, darling. I've been here a while. The maid let me in. "'That's okay, isn't it?' Steve grunted a half-response. Not what Isla was expecting. He was being even less affectionate towards her and still hadn't opened up about his experiences. Although she knew his feelings weren't going to just evaporate. He was locking her out because he was still unable to spill his soul. To anyone. And Isla was someone he didn't know well enough yet for that kind of intimacy. I'm sorry if you don't want me here. I'll go, but Steve, you need to talk about it. It's eating you up. I know. I need to talk to somebody. Jared is dead, but I've got nobody to talk to. He almost spat out the final sentence. In one sentence, Steve had crushed her. Isla's face fell and tears filled her eyes. Steve felt immediately sorry, almost regretful. He had no desire to hurt her, but right now he couldn't be responsible for somebody else's emotions when he couldn't even control or understand his own. What about me, Steve? Can't you talk to me? You seriously expect me to talk to you about this? You can't help me. What insight have you got to offer? For fuck's sake, Isla, what are you? Twenty-one, two, three? I forget. How the fuck can anybody that young offer me counselling for the experiences I have had? Today, Stee Lewis wasn't ready for love. They were only at the start of a new path together when things changed, and as far as Stee was concerned, in that moment everything had changed. Nothing was the same. Her age and world experience had never been an issue before now, but this was not a normal event that a bit of informal psychological knowledge could support. It was not as though watching the first few series of Fraser could prepare somebody for counselling a partner through witnessing history's greatest urban massacre. He needed professional help, and she wasn't even his partner. Not yet. Doesn't everyone want to be loved, Stee? I think everyone needs to at least feel it. He figured that she'd been rehearsing words while he slept, but as she talked, all he heard was white noise. Everybody needs to know that there's someone looking out for them. I'm offering to be that person for you and want to help ease you through these awful days. There will be a time for us to begin again. and I know this isn't it, but Steve, one day soon you'll feel something other than hurt and loss. And right now, I don't know what will be strong enough to cut the block of ice encasing you, but I can help. I get that you're struggling. I don't know what to say to you though at this moment, but might if you told me what happened. Maybe then I could help. I know you were near the towers and your friend has gone, that's so shit, that's really fucking shit, but that's all I know, you could help me to help you by talking to me, we have a connection, right? There's no denying that, so please, just let me in. Steve paced the floor, searching for a response. His fingers gripped his hair, his face riddled with pain. He drew breath, deciding whether he had any words to give her. He crouched down, groaning with mental anguish as the images repeatedly swept through his mind. Steve removed his fingers from his hair, his hands forming tight fists and the whites of his knuckles were visible. Standing up, Isla could see that his eyes had taken on rage. It seemed like the lovely, charming man now had a burning need to hit something. It was not until Steve saw Isla's terrified face that the calm returned, quickly followed by an avalanche of tears. His chin shivered, pockmarked with a thousand holes. Finally, he tried to speak. Okay, Isla, I'll tell you. Don't interrupt or I won't get through this. Kyla went to move towards him, her outstretched arms wanting to offer comfort. Steve put his hands up as if directing traffic. He had to get through this on his own. He reached for a bottle of water and drained it in one. Now he was finally prepared to talk. I watched my friend go into a tower, which a few minutes later was obliterated. Every few words he stopped. This was harder than he had expected. I know Jared died because I watched people fall from the sky. They were trying to avoid being burnt or buried alive. And I was covered in the ship, two falling tower blocks, one of which contained my friend. He took a sip of water from a second bottle next to him, desperate to keep enough composure to get through this. I thought I had saved a man's life, but he died in front of me, and I don't know if he would have survived if I'd done something different. He was in my arms, Isla, in my arms. I watched the life leave another human being, and I couldn't do a fucking thing to stop it from happening. And the noises... Those hysterical screams and the crashing. The noises won't stop battering me. So excuse me if I'm not all lovey-dovey right now and I'm struggling to talk to people about it. And I'm sorry it's not the love story you want where I fall into your open arms and you're the only thing that can save me. This is real life, Isla. Yes, I'm angry. Good God, I'm fucking angry. Isla drew a sharp breath as if to speak. But what could anyone say to that? I saw bodies everywhere and things that looked like bodies that I can't even describe. I can't close my eyes without seeing them. I didn't know who was dead and who was alive. Why was I chosen to survive? I wish I hadn't been. I'd rather be dead than have to live with this. I met up with the dead man's wife. That was what you walked in on. I left a note in his pocket, Isla. And I was talking to her about the last moments of our husband of 40 years. Have you any idea how guilty I feel because I lived when he didn't? And then you walked uninvited into one of the worst moments in my life. It was private. You had no place to be there. Didn't I give you enough of a hint that I had to do some of this stuff alone? I can't share this experience with you, you weren't there. I'm sorry, Steve. I wish I had been with you. You wish you'd been with me. You wish you'd seen what I did. Grow up, Isla. You want to experience the things that have made me this person? You want to see what I saw? You wish you felt like I feel now? The rhetorical questions kept on coming. Seriously, fucking hell, Isla, what's wrong with you? Isn't this dark enough for you? Do you still think you have what it takes to get me through this? I'm the one who was there, and by the time the sun came up this morning, I realised I was on my own, despite you being with me. I can't see me shifting this ever. It's never going to change. For all our sakes, Isla, you need to leave and forget me. I can't be the person I wanted to be before this happened. Everything changed when those towers came down. I can't go on as if nothing happened. I don't feel the way I did last time we were together. Don't you get it? I don't feel anything. I'm damaged. You can't erase that kind of stuff. So please, go live in your world and allow me to die in mine. don't wanted to cut in. With what, she wasn't sure, but she knew she should say something. But every time her mouth opened to interject with kindness, Stee cut in. He knew he was going to hurt her, but she wanted to hear the truth. At least he was calmer and finally talking. And I miss my beautiful friend. It was only now that Steve lost the battle with tears. The mention of Jared was too much and he let the emotion take over. As he closed his eyes, he recalled the breakfast meeting where life had been just fine. Jared laughing whilst nicking a Danish off of Steve's plate. His larger-than-life smile was the window into his wonderfully wholehearted personality, their final goodbye, and the moment it all changed and had started to haunt him. And Stee knew he was destroying Isla with every word. Although his heart was broken, he now just wanted her to leave. You're right, Stee. I'm sorry for trying to take care of you. I'm sorry for fucking up, at least twice. But in case this means anything to you, I fell for you a long time ago. It felt like love, and when somebody's in love with someone else, they care enough to put themselves out for them. However bad the flames are, I want to help you put them out. So please, if ever you want to talk, let me know and I'll be there. Stee didn't move. Stood where he was, he was managing to partially still hold it together. But he ached for her to leave, giving him the moment he craved where he could fall to pieces in private. One last thing. Fuck's sake, was she never going to go? Like you, I miss my beautiful friend. I never met Jared, but my beautiful friend is you, and once again, Steve, I'm really going to miss you. He watched the door shut before picking up the phone and dialing a number he'd dialed a thousand times before. It connected to voicemail. Hey, mate, stop pissing about. Where are you? What happened? You must have got my messages, but I'm going to keep trying until you get back to me, so please call me back. Please, Jared. I don't mind doing the next tour without you if you don't want to do this shit anymore, so we can just be friends. In fact, you're fired. You are holding me back anyway. Steve took a deep breath. Getting the words out was hard, but Jared was the only person he could talk to. No hard feelings about the sacking thing. He tried to laugh, but couldn't manage it. We can finish our breakfast and get an early beer. I'll even listen to your murder American Pie on the karaoke. You really can't sing, pal. How did someone like you get into the music industry? You're tone deaf. I'll even support the Yankees. I'll be the biggest, roundest fan ever. I'll move here. We can get season tickets and I'll pretend I know what's going on. Just for you. Because when I close my eyes, I hear your voice and all I can see is you running off, leaving me to pay the bill again. I wish you'd stayed or taken me with you. We could have faced those bastards together. Steve stopped, unable to speak as the tears flooded down his face. I am so glad to have found you. Steve hadn't realised that an automated message had kicked in. The mailbox was finally full. Call me back, Jared. I love you, buddy. He had to put the receiver down, but it took an age for him to lower the handset set onto its base. Hanging up was his acknowledgement that it was the end. With the phone rested, he knew it was time to go home.